Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. There's no way to avoid grief in our lives. There are ways, though, to embrace and walk through loss that are healthy and good. In this episode, Cameron Ward, Kristen Hoff, and Camille Adams open up about the nearness of God in the midst of their darkest grief. They also talk about the impact of good community, the power of godly hope, and a few tips that made a difference in their loss. Here's their honest and life-giving conversation. Hi, welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. I'm Camille Adams, and I'm here today with Cameron Ward and Kristen Hoff. Today, we're going to be talking about grief. Grief is something that, as believers, we will all experience at some point in our lives. We live in a world that is marked by sin, and because of that, we experience a wide range of things that cause us deep hurt. And so I thought it would be a great time for us to come together and share with each other some of the things that we have learned as we've walked through some deep valleys um, and some of the things that um, give us hope as we look to our good Father who walks along with us. So I will share a little bit. I'm Camille Adams, and I um, have experienced grief throughout my life in different forms and fashions and different seasons. Um, I'm currently walking through a stage of grieving my mom over time as she's, um, her health is deteriorating. And so walking through a path that is unknown can always be a little scary. Um, but I'm glad to know that I'm not alone in that, that the Lord is with me in that, and that I am surrounded right now by two great witnesses who are able to speak truth into my life. Um, I know that grief can look different for different people, meaning it can come from different areas of their lives, Mm -hmm. um, and it can be caused by different circumstances. So I'd love to know a little bit about um, the two of you, if you wouldn't mind sharing a brief uh, synopsis or story about um, how and what grief has looked like in your lives. Kristen, can I start with you? Sure. Um, Actually, I have two probably great examples to share um, of times when I had to walk through grief. Um, The first time was my grandmother. I was extra close to my grandmother. Um, In fact, she picked me up every day from junior high. So we had lots of great time together. And then um, she got married and moved up here. And then I shortly got married and moved up here as well. So I kind of followed her and got to hang out with her still. Um, but she had Alzheimer's. She loved the Lord. And that was one of the things that was evident all the way until she passed. Um, but with someone who has Alzheimer's, sometimes you may show up and they're their they're normal self. And then other times you show up and she would be talking to a picture frame because she thought it was communicating back to her or... Um, she would think I was my sister, you know, whatever. So with that, you have that grief of losing them because you don't know who you're going to see each time. And then the loss of when she actually passed. Mm-hmm. Um, she probably had lung cancer. I'm not totally sure, but it, her signs and symptoms. Um, so when she got sick, she was sick and she was in hospice for less than a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to watch her pass quickly and quietly and peacefully um, with the Lord. So mm-hmm. that was great. 
Um, and then my second example is probably that of my biological father. So he passed away about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I did not have a relationship at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I hadn't seen him when he passed in probably 12 years or so. Um, but I think the hardest part with that wasn't just his passing, because to be honest, I'd grieved that relationship probably years prior with Mm -hmm. the lack of relationship. Um, But it was the uncertainty. Where was he? Did he know the Lord? Um, And really also just that grief of not being able to reconcile later. I think that surprised me the Mm -hmm. most at how how much it hurt. Mm -hmm. That's That is a really deep loss, though, Mm -hmm. because at some point you have to think about the fact that that is a really final thing Mm -hmm. um, and one that I don't think, maybe I'm wrong, I don't think about that often. I don't think Mm -hmm. most people think about that as they look toward end-of-life issues with the people Mm -hmm. that are around them, but yeah. Well, and in that case, I mean, you grieved twice, and you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, Mm -hmm. that cyclical, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not knowing, like, Mm -hmm. the again, uncertainty, I think, is a big Okay, yeah, yeah. I, it's one of those people who were around him towards the end of his life believe that he was, but it's one of those where I would have loved mm-hmm. to have heard it from his mouth. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah, I knew who the Lord was, and mm-hmm. I'm certain of where I'll be when this all right. happens. But yeah, I should have prefaced this by saying that it's a deep, like, a great honor for me to be able to sit in here with you guys and hear these stories. And I know that, um, you know, you're able to share with friends that are close to you, but um, it really is. Um, it really is an honoring thing to be able to sit in a room with somebody who has experienced a hard thing and be able to hear their story. And Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to say that I don't take it lightly that any of us are in this room sharing these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But I know that um, I feel like I can say confidently for all three of us that the intent is to honor the Lord um, and to really highlight um, not only who he is in our high moments and when there is hope at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. um, but to really honor him and recognize his character when those things are hard and heavy. So thank you both. Should have yeah. said it at the beginning, but I'm <laughs> saying it now. Um, Cameron, can we hear a little bit about your story? Yeah. So um, I think mine begins uh, in late 2014. My mom was diagnosed with um, stage four metastatic melanoma. And so that is um, an internal cancer. It is, uh, does not have a cure per se. And so we began walking a road of knowing that we didn't know how much time we had, but that um, this, she would die with cancer. Mm. Um, and you know, that brought a lot of grief in a lot of different places. It brought, uh, seasons of numbness and seasons of pain of, of questioning. Um, but it all came to a head in, uh, I noticed when I came home kind of for COVID quarantine in April of 2020, oh, okay. Her stamina is really starting to dip and I think she's having a harder time doing day-to-day things than I even knew. Mm -hmm. And um, that summer, I had the great privilege of walking her home to be with the Lord uh, the hardest 
and sweetest summer of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it really began in May when we found out that she had cancer returned to her spinal cord, and we knew that if that happened again, she would not be able to do radiation because of how many times she'd done it before. Mm-hmm. And she discontinued treatment in uh, June. Okay. And, um, yeah, then she was very much in denial about like being in hospice care and all that stuff. And, um, you know, just decided kind of things were going to be on her own terms, which was very much her. Um, Mm. but the, we met with a hospice doctor on a Sunday and on Friday morning, she went home to be with the Lord. And that Sunday he had said, I think you probably have several weeks or, you know, a month or so. And it really quickly, everything happened very quickly that week. And her death, like I said, was the hardest uh, thing, but it did give me, okay, now I can start grieving where I had been anticipating for so long and grieving small things along the way. It, you know, really turned the page um, to a whole new chapter that I was, I thought I was prepared for, but I was ill prepared. Mm. (laughs) I don't know that I think about this a lot. And like you said, grieving the small things along the way. And that's one of the things that I'm trying to be prayerful about and really give attention to in a way that is anticipating, Mm -hmm. like I'm anticipating a loss that's coming um, but there are also these little things. I call them little. Mm-hmm. In my mind, they're little. But I think in my mind also, sometimes they can be big. Like mm-hmm. there are times when I would love to talk with my mom about this or that. And because she's non-communicative, I, she can't say anything back to me. Yep. Um, and so that's a, a smaller loss. Um, but for me, it is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, are there times that you have come across maybe catching yourself thinking like, oh, I want to share my grief with this person or I want to sit with somebody who's grieving and maybe you've found yourself thinking, are they going to think this is like a small loss in comparison? Like, I don't want comparison to be the thing that keeps me from really sitting with somebody and ministering to them or from sharing my story thinking that she might not see this as the same kind of loss. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I can let comparison be mm-hmm. an obstacle in sharing grief. Has that come up for you guys at all? Um, I'll let you answer first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I I think, um, you know, as I've walked closely with friends through other really hard things, whether that is a breakup or, you know, in 2020, a lot of things weren't happening for people. Mm-hmm. People were grieving, not having high school graduations, right. not getting a normal freshman year of college. You know, there were lots of things that people were really lamenting. Mm-hmm. And as I walked with some friends through things like that, I got often, you know, I know this sounds so silly compared to what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say to that, to the things that seem small, it matters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those small things that you are grieving matter and they matter to the Lord. He is not bothered by mm-hmm. them. And I call them grief rehearsals. So you get like to that. decide how you are going to grieve the small things. And uh, it's Jen Wilkin who has said, um, what we repeat in times of ease, we will recall in times of hardship. How you react to small losses and maybe 
you know, smaller things that you're grieving, they are training you in how to grieve the big things. So they're a good place to look in and say, am I running to the Lord with this? Am I trusting Him? Am I talking this out with other people that I trust? Nothing is too small to grieve before the Lord and certainly be sensitive to the person that you are talking to who might be walking through something else that they're grieving. But um, nothing is too small and the Mm -hmm. Lord doesn't waste it. Mm -hmm. And use those grief rehearsals. I love that phrase, grief rehearsals. (laughs) I do too. And I think we'd kind of talked about that before, but when we don't let God in to our lives for those little things, it makes it really easy when things get just a little bit bigger to try to take it on, in on our own power, mm. and I can handle this. And then you end up at the bottom of that pit thinking like, oh my goodness, Lord, where are you? Mm-hmm. When it's really mm-hmm. myself that didn't allow him in. I didn't mm-hmm. bring him into the little things. Yeah. yeah. When those big things come along, I know <clears throat> I would love to think that I'm great at rehearsing grief, and I know that I am not going to do it perfectly. Um, But I know, um, like, when those harder moments hit, and it really is that deep grieving, um, and I know, like, I I need to take this to the Lord. I need to lament. I need, and I I know that He wants to hear me. I know that He wants to be with me, um, because we have a Savior who was well acquainted with grief. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. was called a man of sorrows. Mm-hmm. And if I can remind myself that in light of eternity, nobody has a better perspective on grief than Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, because he willingly came to this earth. And what a loss that was to not be in constant communication with the Father mm-hmm. um, right there in person in heaven. Um, but also, I know that He desires to be with me in my grief mm-hmm. because He perfectly understands. Um, and so I think we get a good picture of what grieving looks like by looking to Jesus. Yeah. Um, but I would love to know um, what has encouraged you as you've lamented with the Lord? How do you lament well? How do you grieve well with the Lord when you've rehearsed it and you've done a small thing and now there's a big thing? How does that, how does that look? I think you start with that everyday relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't been in communication with the Lord, it's harder to ease back into it. Mm-hmm. So it's staying in relationship with Him every day. Um, I joke about this a lot, but I think I've told you my showers is where I do my Mm -hmm. most lamenting. I can Mm -hmm. cry and I can pour my heart out and then I get out of the shower and somehow my face isn't as swollen or (laughs) puffy or actually my people leave me alone because nobody Mm. wants to walk in Uh um, to mom in the shower. Mm -hmm. But I I think, you know, talking about lamenting, that makes you think of David in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And I think he was our perfect example. Mm -hmm. He spent time with the Lord. He shared his heart with the Lord. He did it respectfully. He did it in a way where he could say, hey, God, I don't understand this. Mm -hmm. This is hard. This hurts. And he would give God all of his emotions. And then he would go back and check himself. This is hard for me, yet I know you were faithful. Mm -hmm. This... um, 
you know, makes me angry. And yet I know you hate sin just as much as I do. I mean, he constantly was going back to those attributes of God. Mm -hmm. So when you're in relationship with God and you know who he is in the middle of that hard and that pain and, you know, whatever it is you're dealing with, you can go back to those attributes and say, okay, this is what I'm feeling. But God, I know you, Mm. you know, or everlasting, you love me, you know, whatever it is that you're struggling with. And that can lift you up and helps you. Mm-hmm. And grieving with kind of the end in mind that yeah. I will not grieve forever. Mm. Um, I think that is the most unique thing about the Christian life. Even the insanity of Christian grief is to say, I'm not afraid to go here. I'm not afraid to go into deep swells of sorrow because I know I will not be sad forever. Mm. Um, I read a lot when my mom was dying and um, in the hospital, I just stayed in Lamentations 3, which is, you know, kind of a classic uh, lamentation. Uh, Mm -hmm. And um, I could not get over this, that, you know, this is what it says in chapter 3. Uh, starting in verse 20, my soul continually remembers it, talking about the affliction that uh, the writer is feeling and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Um, That reminded me that my mom's healing was not my portion Mm -hmm. or the perfect circumstance was not my portion. The Lord is my portion and I will hope in him. Well, who is he? He is the God who is going to make all things new, who says in Revelation, behold, I am making all things new. He will wipe every tear from their eye and there will be no more sadness and no more death. That is grief with deep hope. I said often, the only thing deeper than my grief is my hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was my life preserver when, when everything else felt so dark. And only Christians get to say that. Yeah. Only Christians get to say, the Lord is my portion. I will hope because it's only a little while actually that I'll grieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great perspective. I think we can all feel like we are just totally lost in a sea of grief Mm -hmm. at times. Um, And it can be so dark and so overwhelming. Um, And I think for me, there's a lot of just grasping Mm -hmm. at what it really is like a, like a, like a person who is drowning in the water, like grasping at whatever will keep you afloat for the next minute. Um, Mm -hmm. But to remain steadfast and to remember that, we have a like we have a life preserver yeah. and it's not anything that i can grasp onto here in this in this earth like mm-hmm. it is held for me steadfast in heaven yes mm. that's a really really great perspective i love that um <clears throat> you brought this up earlier cameron and i wanted to come back to it i know we talked about the grief rehearsals but um as we look we know we know we are all going to suffer mm-hmm. we know we're all going to have things that come up do you do you think there's anything that can prepare you for grief or great losses? Is there anything that we can do to make ourselves ready for that? I <clears throat> I never could have anticipated how 
dark and hard grief would be. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, I'd say no. Um, And and that's... Sorry, folks. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll just be honest. I mean, yeah, I don't think there is anything that can, even though I had all of this time and I'd spent all this time in counseling, anticipating, you know, talking about what it would be like when my mom Mm -hmm. died and on and on and on. And then it happened and I felt like I had just been totally blindsided by how... I guess I had fooled myself into thinking mm. I had a pretty good roadmap for it. And yeah. so then when it was here, I was like, this isn't going to plan. Um, <laughs> but I do think there are things you can do to buoy yourself mm. for times that are hard. And a couple of those things are staying in the word. Do you know who the Lord is? We are promised suffering and crisis and death. Um, are Do you have a good... The- working theology of who the Lord is, how he hates sin and death, Mm -hmm. what he is going to do to make it right, what Christ has purchased for us. Are you in the word? Um, That was something that anchored me so much. And again, what we repeat in times of ease, we recall in times of hardship. For months, I could not open my Bible and read more than four verses at a time. Mm. I was just so dizzy with grief. And, um, what buoyed me was the study I had done months and years before that that told my heart who the Lord was mm-hmm. and who I was in Him. And then another thing is, do you have the people that will suffer it with mm-hmm. you? Yeah. Once someone dies or crisis hits, it's not really the time. You don't really have the bandwidth to go really deep with people, and that's why friendship is important. Mm-hmm. All of the time. I mean, yeah. even when when the skies are blue and the sun's out, um, do you have the people that will crawl with you mm. at your pace, that will hold you up when you can't hold yourself up, that will tell you the truth when you can't get in the Word? So I'd say those were the two things of knowing the Word, knowing the Lord, and then I had done work of having great friends around me who really carried me and crawled with me through through the darkness. Mm-hmm. Well, grief itself is just hard. You have that initial really, really hard part. And then when you think, oh, I've got this. I'm fine. You know, yep. I, mm-hmm. I finally worked through it. Oh, yeah. It's all great. <laughs> Something shows top. up and you're <laughs> like, wait, why am I feeling this all over yeah. again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it could be good things. It can be bad things. It could be, I don't know, the sky is blue today and the sun is shining. Just sometimes uh-huh. you wake up and all of a sudden... Yeah, you're you right. start all yeah. back over. Yeah. 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 I think it's, I mean, so wise to go ahead and build that community for many reasons, like you said. We all need to build community for many reasons. Mm-hmm. We were not yes. meant to do this alone, any of this alone. Um, but I do think this is a, a different idea of how do we grieve within community? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not, not only build the community around you that will, like you said, crawl with you, walk with you, mm-hmm. be with you, even on those days where you're like, I have no idea why I spent the last hour and a half, like, sitting in my car crying, but mm-hmm. I just did. And that's how cyclical grief works sometimes. Mm-hmm. Friends who will understand that. But also, like, how do we grieve within that community? Like, how do you incorporate those people that God has put in your life as you're walking that road? For me, it looked like um, I had one friend in 
I was finishing my last year of college right after my mom died. And I had one friend who uh, just, I mean, walked with mm. <laughs> and at the slowest pace ever. And um, she got my honest answers about, you know, how are you doing today? Uh, you know, are you, are you sleeping? I, there was a significant amount of kind of trauma that was associated with my mom dying and um, that I didn't realize until several months later. And so she became the one who was like, are you sleeping? Are you eating? Hey, do you, do you need me to do your laundry? Because your hamper's overflowing. Um, those sorts of things that I... I explicitly gave her permission to do those things, mm -hmm. and she explicitly said back to me, I will not leave. I will walk this road with you no matter how hard it is. And so um, our friendship was pretty strong beforehand, but for, uh, for us, for that friendship in particular, it looked like kind of explicit permission giving mm -hmm. on both mm -hmm. sides where I knew that I was free to bring however I was, whoever I was that day to the table. And she knew that she would get my honest answers. There were a lot of people that were very well-meaning that would ask, how are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm doing okay. Because I just didn't have the energy. Right. And you Absolutely. don't need to go deep with everyone. And not everyone needs to be the community that you grieve with. Right. Um, so at least for me, that was how it looked of, you know, well, you ask and I'll tell you. And you pointed it out. You had that relationship before. Mm -hmm. um, when my dad passed, there was a good friend of mine that I went to, and she was someone who was wise, who was mature in her faith, and I could go to her and just totally uh -huh. tell her everything that was on my heart, tell her what was going on, all of the different ways that this was a huge, complete mess. Mm -hmm. And she sat there, and she listened, and then she asked how I was, and then she said, okay, how is how is God working in this? Yep. Yeah. Where do you see the Lord moving? What do you think God... I mean, just totally pointing me back to truth, where I would have sat in that ocean probably treading water for mm -hmm. who knows how long, and instead she gave me those gentle pushes that I needed mm -hmm. to point me back to what would actually sustain me. Yeah, And I will say, too, I think that there's a, a part of what we've both talked about is kind of one person that was very close to us mm -hmm. that asked hard questions and that we said things out loud that were mm -hmm. terrifying and, yeah. and just so heavy. Yeah. Um, and there is a time like now where we get to sit around and our grief becomes part of our ministry. Yeah. That time is probably not right after the crisis has hit. Right. <laughs> grieve closely, grieve deeply. Mm -hmm. Not everyone needs to know. And honestly, you don't need to tell everyone yeah, right. about those deep places. Right. Take that. Keep it close. Take it to the Lord. There will come a time where you can share, but you, you're you're probably not seeing straight in the beginning. And that's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked around this a lot. And I want to know, because I think this is such a great opportunity for us to really um, highlight the Lord's character, but what are, now that you're able to look back a little bit, what are some of those things that you learned about the Lord's character as you walked through grief? That's it. That's the question. <laughs> it sounded like there was more, but that's it. Well, and part of me wants to think because I think mm -hmm. that list is much longer than I would ever be mm -hmm. able to share. I agree. Yeah. Um, 
I think first and foremost is that this is not what God wanted us to do. Like his plan was not for death and sorrow and grief. And yet we chose sin and that's what led us on this path. And so you learn through things like this, that God is merciful. He is gracious. He is loving. Um, He is, you know, he is your peace. He is your joy. He is what lifts you up whenever you can't lift up on your own. He I mean, really, I could probably go all day. I'm trying to, yeah. I feel like I'm missing like 500 others. But I mean, mm-hmm. when you go back to his word, I think First Peter 5.10 was one of the things that sustained me, especially after my grandmother passed away. And it says, when you have suffered a little while, mm-hmm. the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Mm-hmm. He's that rock. He is, you know, um, your shelter. He's your strong place. He all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of my prayers and grief and most of my talking with God was just saying, I am so sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am heartbroken. I, I never knew I could be so heartbroken. And what I learned of him there was that that was, that was okay. And um, my prayers were not elaborate, and they were not beautiful. He and yet he was gentle with me. Mm. He was gracious and patient. I I had a lot of guilt being in my senior year of college and thinking I took a semester off, and I thought you know I need to leverage this time and disciple other people. And I remember trying to meet with this girl and she had kind of asked me to disciple her. And I mean, she's talking and this is, we're very early in our relationship and I am just like going cross-eyed. I'm like, I have no idea what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how to respond. Like I went home and just went straight to bed for three hours. And I was like, that was exhausting. Um, And I, in some places I felt a lot of guilt for that, that I wasn't doing enough, that I wasn't using my grief as ministry, on and on. And um, I saw just how gentle the Lord was with me that, you know, like a little lamb on his shoulders, like my leg was broken and it was very badly broken and that was okay. Um, I saw that he hates sin and death more than I do, like you were saying, Kristen, that he hates it so much that he sent Christ to take the penalty for our sin and to defeat death, and that he has promised to defeat death forever. Um, That justice side of him was very comforting to me because everything in me was just saying, it's not supposed to be this way. This is wrong. And to then entrust myself to a God who's going to make it all right Mm -hmm. um, was a wonderful side of his character for me to get to know. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Um, I sometimes I can't get over the fact that um, I used to have a post-it right here and it got ripped off, but I remember it when I look at my computer every time and it says um, his presence is comfort. Um, Mm. And after I suffered a miscarriage, that was the one thing that I found that like, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and boy, was I brokenhearted. Yeah. I mean, just on the floor, on my face. Um, and the fact that in my head, 
I can picture it now. I'm like, wow, I must have just looked so wretched laying on my floor in the bathroom, just weeping. Um, And none of that um, caused the Lord to to draw away from me. Mm -hmm. In fact, it drew him, it drew me to him. And the fact that he thought about that ahead of time and knew that I would be brokenhearted and said in his word that he was going to be there with me, Mm -hmm. that is comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Comfort doesn't come from somebody saying it's going to be okay or this is going to work out in the end. Um, comfort comes from the nearness of the Lord. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a great God that we get to follow um, in those difficult times. Um, that well, he- and when we feel like we're alone, I think the sad part is, is it's because He's right there beside us saying, but you don't have to be. Mm-hmm. Please turn to me. Let me in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, there's a... There's a basket full of fruit that comes at the end of that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard to not focus on, oh, I want this to be over so I can have that fruit at the end. Um, the yep. good part comes in the middle when we build that relationship mm-hmm. and that trust with the Lord over time. Um, but I love that He gives us those stories um, while we walk through those things mm-hmm. with Him. Um, do you think that it's possible to sin in our grief? And by that, I mean, we've talked about grieving well, we've talked about praying, we've talked about the nearness of the Lord, um, but we are not going to do it well 100% (laughs) of the time. Mm -hmm. So um, do you think that it's possible that we can grieve not well? Totally. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And you could ask my kids that, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Remember when you did? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially with kind of this individualistic culture that we're in, you know, and the narrative that we all grieve differently. The truth in that statement is that, Camille, you might grieve by uh, going on a run. That might be how you deal with what you're feeling that day. And I might grieve by gardening. Or you might be in denial and I might be angry. And it's okay for us to be in a different stage of grief. Mm -hmm. That is Mm -hmm. what it means that we all grieve differently. It is possible totally to sit in grief if we are not thinking about how we are acting, about how we are representing Christ, um, how we're treating others, those sorts of things. It's totally possible that we can sin. Grief is not a license to act however you want Mm -hmm. or to behave in whichever way you're feeling that day and let the people around you pick up the pieces and just say, well, I'm grieving and that's just the way it is. And I think most of us would say, you know, um, oh, I would never do that. But the reality is that, you know, we are having a hard day and we're snappy or we make a decision that maybe we know wasn't very wise and we say you have no idea how hard this has all been on me and I just needed this one thing right and um yeah we can totally sin in grief and um it matters I've said a lot it it matters how Christians grieve we need to grieve with hope but we also need to grieve with honor toward Mm -hmm. others and the Lord Mm mm-hmm well, and when you're not walking with the Lord, it's really easy to turn to things that are not the Lord. Mm-hmm. So do I, you know, 
partake of a drink or do I do this thing or do I do this thing? When we're not turning to the Lord and we're turning to material things or earthly things or you know, whatever that is, that is sinful because mm-hmm. we are called to lean on the Lord and not yeah. Yeah. on whatever other things might numb us or make us feel better for just that little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is a huge temptation, I know, for me, just to mm-hmm. think about like, well, I saw so-and-so grieving and that was really helpful for them, so probably I should start doing yeah. this weird, wacky thing mm-hmm. that I, in reality I know is not. It's just yeah. going to delay my grief, if nothing else. But. I'll just be neglectful and like sit on my couch and mm-hmm. binge Netflix all day long and ignore my kids, mm-hmm. not do my laundry, not do—that's still mm-hmm. sinful. And Or I think for a lot of women— I've, I've kind of seen two things like pop up as like ways that they can cope in unhealthy ways. And especially for Christian women, I think we really need to think about is uh, one is busyness, getting really busy yeah. and just being like, I just need to take my mind off of this. And you might, you might, like there might be a point where you need to get out and do something um, just to feel normal and to feel human and to take your mind off of it, but are you doing it to avoid right. the depths of grief and maybe where the Lord would have you go so that He can meet you there? Mm-hmm. And shopping is actually another one that I see a lot of. Um, and uh, yeah, think about how you're stewarding not only your finances, but also um, your emotions and mm-hmm. in your experience. How are you stewarding your grief? Are you stewarding Mm -hmm. it in a way that honors the Lord or that just puts a Band-Aid on a gaping wound? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's hard, too. I think God gives us times of sorrow and times of grief, or He lets us experience them. He doesn't necessarily give it to us, but He lets us experience those to remind us of our brokenness. When we remember that we are broken and we do need a Savior, He's going to carry us around on Mm -hmm. His shoulders. Um, It reminds us that we have this better promise, that we do have this hope. So when we are coping in other ways, we're not remembering how great our God actually is. Mm -hmm. In reality, we're like thinking about it that way. We're robbing ourselves Mm -hmm. of that closeness that we could be having with Him. Um, Well, just think how fast we could get it, get through with it. (laughs) You know, let me do it the easy way and stay with God instead of like running away and doing all the other things that make me numb. Oh my goodness. (laughs) If there was a way to speed it up, I mean, we would make a million (laughs) dollars. That's oh, yeah. not really the purpose. Of- and my book will be coming out later. <laughs> yeah. There's no Amazon Prime to this. No. It's only USPS mail. <laughs> and it's going to be really delayed, yes. probably. Yeah. Oh, goodness. It'll be delayed till Jesus comes back and takes us home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I think one, one of the sides of grief that, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I struggle with anger in lots of ways, and there's a whole other episode of podcast about that specifically. Mm-hmm. But I think in the realm of suffering, loss, and grieving, mm-hmm. like anger is is going to come up. Mm-hmm. And so, has that been something that you've done well? Have you seen somebody do it well? Have you yourselves done it in a way that was like, wow, I learned a lot about who I am because of how I grieved that and um, came through that anger on the other side of it? Um, how has anger looked for you and your grief? I had a mentor. I have a mentor and a dear friend who also lost her mom in college to cancer. Mm-hmm. And uh, she helped me really think about those places where I felt anger 
What am I really angry at? What is the Lord also angry at? Mm -hmm. Like, if I'm angry that death is something we experience and grief is something we experience, well, good news, so is the Lord, Mm -hmm. and He is the one who has the power to make it all new. And so that was a rightfully placed loathing of Mm -hmm. death. Yes. Mm -hmm. There were other things that uh, I had a period where I felt, and I knew it was irrational, but I felt angry at my mom for abandoning me. There were a lot of really hard things that happened in the wake of her death. And I felt like, how could you leave me? And I'm just here to pick up the pieces. Um, And my mentor really helped me, you know, think about what are you actually angry at here? And every time it came back to, you know, I'm angry at death, that this is something we experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are, there is a way to kind of gauge your anger and to say, is this something the Lord also expresses anger over in Mm -hmm. the scriptures? And um, if not, maybe I need to dig a little bit deeper or, you know, ask for forgiveness on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The anger part is hard. And especially, again, for women, right? Um, it's a hard piece and can be very tricky in grief because it, mm-hmm. it can mask itself as other things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm angry, I get irritable or snappy <laughs> or, yeah, just not very kind. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... Yeah, I think anger is a hard one because it comes and it goes and it shows up when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, the way I've seen it tied to grief is really that loss of expectations. Like Mm -hmm. this is what my plan was. And when I emailed God that plan, He didn't follow it. And so now I'm walking this other path and those expectations have all, you know, been shattered. Um, And that's hard because, I mean, that happens with our little griefs from... You know, did my kid get picked for the right school to um, my husband should have treated me this way? And this was how I had pictured this whole thing in my head. And he obviously didn't get the same picture. And that that comes out, I think, in everything. Yeah. It'll make you snappy at, like, Christmas. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? yes. You show up to Christmas Eve and you're just raging. And you're yeah. like, I don't know why, actually. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it'll just, like you said, Kristen, it'll, it mm-hmm. just comes out of the blue and... Mm-hmm. can really surprise you if you're not ready yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think those that's one of those things to practice rehearsing grief early yep. on comes in handy yep. totally. to be able to recognize those signs that it's coming, mm-hmm. if you can, if there are signs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then learn how to apologize. Yes. Because we're not all going to do this perfect. We're not going to mm-hmm. keep ourselves, you know, with a yes. nice mouth and demeanor yep. all the time. And so when... We do falter. It's okay to go back and tell those that we love, like, okay, mm-hmm. I was a crazy lady, and I should not have done that. I should not have said those right. things, and yep. um, I will do my best to do better. And you know, walk with me, yep. pull them in, and let them have that person that holds you accountable. And yeah, and it's okay, yeah, yeah. to say, hey, I totally fumbled this. Yeah. Yep, and likely if you'll own it. They'll say, "Yeah, I've never done this either," yeah. and you know we've never yeah. we've never grieved this thing before, and so, um, yeah, owning it mm-hmm. can be really healing for both of you. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's good. Are there any other things that you would want to share with somebody who is 
walking into a period of grief or in the middle of their grief, um, as you think about things that were helpful for you or things that you wish you would have known, Mm -hmm. is there anything that you would want to share wisdom-wise that would be great for somebody to hear? I'd say there's no way out but through. Yeah. And that also doesn't sound very encouraging or but it's honest and there there is no shortcut, there is no way around it. You're just going to have to walk through it and mm-hmm. sometimes you walk in and you know that you're walking into it and sometimes in the blink of an eye you find yourself there and Either way, there is no way out but through. Mm, yep. you, you're just going to have to go into those valleys. And um, one thing I think an encourage, something that has been very encouraging for me is uh, in Psalm 23 where it talks about the valley of the shadow of death. Um, I will fear no evil. Well, shadows are fleeting. Um there is coming a day where our King Himself will be our light. There will be no need for a sun because His face will be our light, and um, you will not stay in the shadows forever. Our hope is, uh, like First Peter one says, kept in heaven for us, undefiled, unfading, imperishable. There is no way out but through. Yet you have great deep hope. Mm -hmm. Um, and some days that will be just a tiny blip begin Mm -hmm. on the horizon. Just keep looking, just keep looking. It it won't last forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say that it may not have a specific end date. I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. when we approach grief, we're like, okay, so the typical grief period is six months. So (laughs) in six months, I will wake up and be completely better. Um, it doesn't really always work that way. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as grief goes, sometimes it gets better versus just stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have those days when you feel kind of normal and whatever, and then it, it pops back up. And it's just going back to remember, yeah, the Lord does not want this. He has already made this path for me, and I have that hope and that mm-hmm. future. And, yeah, I think that's the best thing to turn to. Yeah. I, one of the things I've heard that I think hits the nail on the head is that grief does not get easier. It just yeah. gets different. Mm. Yeah. And that's the nature of the beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's so a good practice for us to be into as well to to fill ourselves up with these things because I know the thing that is not helpful is to hear things that are not true. Yep. <laughs> the truth is the thing that will always bring restoration and healing and reconciliation. And those are things that we hope for when we are in the midst of loss. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the last thing I want is for us to give out a platitude instead (laughs) of the real and abiding and Mm -hmm. living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Um, Because like you said, this is not like, mm-hmm. this is not like, maybe I'll experience this. It's... You will. You will. Yeah. And it will be hard and it it will change you. And let's make sure that it changes us so that we are becoming mm-hmm. more and more like our mm-hmm. Savior by the, by the grace of God. Yeah. 
Um, thank you guys. I cannot tell you how immensely honored I am that you're willing to sit and talk with me about grief and your stories. Um, it's really been, can I say it's a joy? Yep. Are we allowed to say it's a joy <laughs> at the end of a grief podcast? But it really has been. Um, and so I will pray and close our time and um, thank God for the good gift of your friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, Lord, um, thank you for your nearness. We thank you for um, being a God who sees us. You see our um, our joys and our delights. You know us deeply, and you see when we are deep in a field of loss. Um, and you come to us. You don't mm-hmm. tarry. You never fail. Your love is perfect in that it meets us in those hardships, and it fills us with the hope that you are near, you are coming back, Lord Jesus, and that you will make all things new in your perfect timing. I thank you for these beautiful women um, and for the stories that you have knit together in their lives of redemption and grace and power and joy. Um, We ask that your words would be the first thing that come to our minds when we are grieving and that they would be the things that sustain us. Mm. We ask all these things in the beautiful name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.